Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you on this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. The NFL weekend comes to a sensational finish, or maybe thrilling would be a better word, because probably not so sensational for some people out in your neck of the woods. Michael, we have a... We need need Dr. Melfi back here. There's a lot of therapy that's going to need to take place over the next six days. Lots of therapy. It's not going to be a happy Christmas right now. I can say that. I can only imagine what local radio is like out there in Philly. The Eagles drop a third straight game and allow Drew Locke, of all people, to mount a 92-yard game-winning drive. Third and and convert a third and 10. And then, you know, convert a lot of long pass. You know, Bradbury squatting on a route, and he throws it over his head and gets beat. I mean, to think of of the probability of that. They didn't need a field goal. They needed a touchdown, and they went 92 yards down the field. Look, I wrote this this morning. I think what we've learned about this Philadelphia team is there's certain ways you have to interpret winning. And when you interpret winning, you know, everybody, the fan, the most public bettors, just it's a W or it's a loss, right? And I think, to me, you have to look beyond the scoreboard, obviously. And the Eagles have played a lot of games where they have been the victor. And we have talked about how they've been able to turn it on the last 10 minutes and find a way to win. But all those losses that they've collected along the way since really the Tampa game in week three have what I call been uh, – they've been really uh, losses, wins that could easily have gone the other way, but they also could be – you, you know, really a, a debilitating loss in the sense that if you don't learn from your mistakes. So when you break down wins, you have to really, did you dominate, right? Where, you know, the, that's one of the ways you win games. Did you dominate the game? Were you, were you in, dis, were you completely in control? Of the game would be the second one, but you had some bad plays and then you had this fortunate win and where you were able to rally, didn't play well, and come back. And when you break the Eagles' season down in a lot of those categories, most of their wins are in that area. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because I know we love Parcells and the your record is what you – your record is what it says you are. And that's true to an extent in that, you know, point differential isn't going to decide who gets into the playoffs. It is your win-loss record. But, like, there are certain indicators in the way you win and over the course of a season. Like, the Eagles and the Steelers, I think, are great examples when you look at point differential and turnovers where the Eagles, despite being 10-4, and are just, their plus-minus is just plus 18. And that's that's crazy to think about. Their turnovers, Jalen Hurts now, after last night, is now tied for the league lead in turnovers with 17. And those are important things as you're evaluating a team 100%. Yeah, well, I think when you break it down, I have it in three categories. I'll begin with the letter D, right? So the first one is a dominating win. And when you go over the Eagles' schedule, they really only have two dominating wins. Early in the season, they dominated Minnesota and they dominated Tampa Bay. 
And then the second category is where you have basically where your team is, you're breaking down your team and, and you have a situation where you're dictating the win, meaning you didn't play well the whole game, but somehow you find a way to win the game at the end. You clearly were in control of the game and you found a way to win, but there's things that just weren't, you were never dominating the game, you were dictating the game. And when you go over that, they have five wins in that category. And then they have three dangerous wins, which is really you shouldn't win, but you did. You were very, you were on the border of winning. Kansas City, Buffalo, and the overtime game against Washington. Whereas when you look at your 49er team, when you just go and look at your 49er team, a team that they have to play, right? The San Francisco and Baltimore team, both with 11 wins, they both have double-digit dominating wins. Right. I mean, the, the Baltimore's got nine dominating wins. San Francisco's got 10. San Francisco, really, if you break it down, they've got three losses, but two of the three losses were in that dangerous category where they just didn't make the plays at the end of the game. So I think that it kind of allows you to see a different perspective of a team. How many dangerous wins can you continue to get? I think we learned that in this three-game losing streak. The Eagles content, can't do that. Yeah, they've been winning by the skin of their teeth. And to your point about the 49ers, I was looking just this morning at the six-game win streak that they've had since the bye week. They're winning those games by an average margin of 18.8 points per game. Like, that's just yeah. the way that they have been. It's been different. Whereas this Philadelphia Eagles team, similar to what we were talking about with the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not a team that scares you. And they've had a lot of problems. These are things that we have noticed and we've talked about here on the show. But because they've been winning, that's that ultimate deodorant. And now they're not winning anymore. So now it's starting to creep in that it's getting louder and louder that this team once we get to playoff time if they keep on making these mistakes it's going to be rough and so now we look at you know big picture what's even going to happen in the division because yes there's still an odds on favorite to to win the nfc east minus 285 the cowboys technically in first place right now um but the eagles control their destiny so who would have thought michael the one man standing between the Eagles and being the first repeat division champion in the NFC East, the one man that could turn this around, Tommy DeVito and the Giants, because the Eagles have to play him twice. Yeah. I can't believe he's starting again. I really can't. Like, <laughs> I can't believe. I, I, I would love to give Tyrod Taylor truth serum and say, are you serious that you've gotten beat out by DeVito? Like, look, I mean, it's a great story. Uh, is it? I don't know. You know, and but the reality of it is, is, People know, know, other than Joe Barry, people know how to attack Tommy DeVito. And you got to blitz him inside, blitz him up the middle, make him hold the ball. But that's beside. They're not, they couldn't come, the Giants couldn't come within 20 points of the Eagles last year with, with Dan, Daniel, with Daniel uh, Jones. How are they going to come in there? So for me, you know, the Eagles are going to dominate those games, whether, they, whether those games are dangerous wins or whether those games are, 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 are really the other you know, the situation that it's hard remains to be seen. But to me, I, I think that the one thing we know about the Eagles, the days of them dominating winning is probably over. They're going to have to be in that dictating win category. And when you're in that category, you got to stop making mistakes. I mean, last night, I mean, they made way too many mistakes, way too many mistakes. And, and, and finally, I think it's going to come down to where people are going to say, wait a minute, Jalen Hurts really isn't playing well. He's one look and run. He, he doesn't give it any time to let the play. They're trying to force the ball to A.J. Brown. they got a third and seven, right? The deep throw he makes over on the left sideline. He's got Smith coming across the field wide open, and he bails. On the last third and ten play, right, he's got a clean pocket in the middle of the field, and he scatters to his right and ends up running back to his left and throwing it over to Goddard. I mean, it's hard to blame the coordinator when the quarterback won't stay in the pocket. His eye level is dangerously low right now. And, and I, I mean, he hasn't looked right for the last handful of weeks. And I know yesterday he was very, very sick. But third straight game now, the offense has been held under 20 points. And I know we're always putting so much on the defense, but the offense has had its struggles. And Jalen Hurts post game when he was asked about primarily like the end of game situation and execution, his answer felt like it was about a bigger picture. Take a listen. Apparently, we do not have that sound, but he said that he 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 had been talking about execution all year. And he said right. a comment about, I don't think we're all committed enough. Um, what did you think that meant? Well, I think not everybody's on the same page. I think there's, you know, look, it's hard to get everybody. It's hard to be demanding to a team when the team's been so successful. It's hard to get the players to all pay attention because we're just going to turn it on. And I think that's that becomes a problematic thing. Um, I, I guess we do have the clip now, so so let's play it real quickly so you can reflect. 
I've been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're all we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that? Being committed or not? Commitment. I don't know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess, how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects, and, you know, it, it starts with me. Didn't finish your thought reacting to that? Look, I, I think he's right. The team hasn't been right. I mean, when you go back and look at the season, you know, they've, they haven't been able to make those down-the-field throws. I mean, last year he averaged eight-point yards per attempt, which was sensational, right? This year he's down to 7.2. I mean, when you break down the games last, the last few weeks, I mean, you know, they've aver- they scored 49 points in the last three games. They scored 21 against Kansas City. And, you know, the Buffalo game's the only one that's the outlier. They won that game in overtime. I mean, this is a team that's won two overtime games. You talk about basically being in that dangerous win category. Those certainly are there. Because sometimes those overtime games go the other way. Look, I, I think there's a couple things going on here, right? He's not playing well. I think they're trying to get the ball to certain players. They're try- not running the offense. They're not taking the profits. They're just trying to win the game quickly. And when that happens, it becomes an issue. And then... When you can't stop, and it's a great story, you can't stop Drew Locke from stop going 92 yards and beating you, you got some issues with your coverage unit. We've said it all year. We said it last year, right? They got 70 sacks last year, 60 came from the defensive front. But if they're not rushing, those guys aren't covering. What, what did you make, by the way, just of the end of game, electing not to go ahead and try to get closer and set up Jake Elliott, who's a, a pretty reliable kicker for a field goal in overtime. You go for the deep throw, and obviously we know how that transpired. I thought it was horrible because I think if you read Sirianni's lips, he basically said, we got to get 10 more yards. And so this is where you're going to. This is where this lack of communication, what Hertz is talking about, is we're not we're trying to win the game instead of playing the game. Situational football, right? You got a third and 10, you got to convert, or third and seven, and you don't throw the crosser, you throw it out of bounds. I mean, that's where you start. Oh, I'm trying to get the ball to the I'm trying to get the ball to the receiver. No, we're trying to win here. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, after dogs on Monday Night Football started the season three and eight straight up, we are on a string of seven straight underdogs winning outright on Monday Night Football. Longest streak in wow. Monday Night Football history. Um, we'll talk more about the Seattle side of things in hour two. But when we come back, Taylor Heineke is back, baby. Desmond Ritter benched in Atlanta for the second time this season. We'll get into that decision and a lot more quarterback moves when we return. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. Must be 21. Welcome back in to the Lombardi Line. Still to come on the show today, a little bit later on this hour, we'll have the one and only Will Hill join us, get into some of his NFL plays. Also some college football coming up in hour two. Aaron Moore joining us like he always does. And uh, we'll continue to talk about Monday Night Football a little bit later. I feel like we did some harping on the Philadelphia Eagles there for a while and a lot of the struggles that they're having, but a good, important win for the Seattle Seahawks as well. So we'll get into some of their wow. playoff hopes um, in a little yeah, bit. they needed that. Yes. They needed that well, one. I mean, wow, that, they were on, you know, look, they got to go back to Tennessee. And unfortunately for them, you know, they may have to play against Ryan Tannehill as opposed to Will Levis. So, you know, but you know, it's funny about, not, not to belabor that game last night, but when you're watching that game, you just felt like, was Seattle ever going to be able to stop them? And yet it felt like Seattle, like the Philadelphia stopped themselves more than Seattle stopped them. And, you know, I, I think to me, Seattle's defense still does, even though they held Philly to 17, I'm not sure they're a good defense. I'm really not, you know, and, and they just have been fortunate in that situation where they made the plays and got the turnovers and credit to them. Yeah, they did. And Drew Locke, I, I got to say, his post-game interview, just I, I was nothing but smiles watching that and like yeah. seeing a guy for him, especially like lost his last seven straight starts to come out there and have that performance and deliver in a tough spot where he didn't even know that he was going to be yeah. starting. He said this to Lisa Salters. He didn't even know until essentially like right leading up to the game that day that he was going to be starting, which actually that brings me to a, another point. I, I know, again, I didn't want to talk too much more about this game right now. Right now, but I think this is an important one because I saw Mitch Moss tweet this out last night here on VEASAN.com. We have live NFL odds, like um, a screen that you can go to on VEASAN.com shows you a number of the major books here in Vegas. All eight books were lit up either red, yellow, or green, meaning the line had moved in the last two, five, or 10 minutes respectively. And he posted this with about like 10 minutes or so before kickoff. Earlier in the day, we know this price was largely three and a half across the board. Closed consensus Eagles five as high as six at the win you see there because we didn't know who was going to be starting at quarterback, Michael. Right. Like Geno Smith, there were a lot of reports. He's activated. Maybe he's going to go. And then it ends up being Drew Locke. I, th I feel like we all felt fairly confident that Jalen Hurts was going to go. Those were reported earlier on, on in the day that despite him being sick, traveling separate from the team, he was going to start. But we had no idea what was going to happen with Seattle. It, true, true. And, and I thought because the line was moving to Seattle, there was so much money coming in during the week on Seattle, moving this number. Now, you know, that was twofold. It was could have been Hertz's, the people knew Hertz's flu had a flu and we didn't. That's possible. But also it, for me, it was A, Philly never plays well in Seattle. That, that's known. And B, Geno Smith's going to come back and Philly's inadequacies defensively in terms of coverage lend itself for them to throw the ball with Geno Smith in there. And yet we get to the moment where all of a sudden Geno's not the starter. And then the buyback on Philly happens, which to me made sense because, look, on paper, Philly is the better team. I think if they play 10 times, Philly's going to win eight. Last night they didn't because the Eagles continue down the streak of, of not being able to get control and put the team away. And they let them back. They turn the ball over. They let them come out of halftime and go 80 yards down the field. Then they get the 17-10 lead. And, you know, and then Seattle goes three and out. And then they go three and out. Like, they have a moment right there to win the game. 
and they can't do it. They just can't seem to focus to put the game away. It goes back to what I initially said. It's like they don't have the ability to get in position to dominate the game. When I say dominating the game, it's a dominating win. It doesn't reflect the scoreboard. It reflects the control of the game. And the Eagles have m numerous opportunities to get control of the game, yet they never do, and they let that pass. And when they let it pass, that's when they get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I feel like how many times this season have we seen teams where they have an opportunity to shut the door, to extend the lead, do whatever they're going to do? They don't do it. They give that little sliver of hope to the other side, and then yep. you end up kicking the door open, and it's off to the races. And that's exactly what we saw last night. And credit Julian Love, by the way, I, that he got two feet down on that interception – you look at the replay, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it really was. What a great play by the corner and great play by safety. But all they needed was 10 more yards, and they didn't do it, you know. And, and I think to me, but it's interesting. As, as great of a win it was for Seattle, Pete Carroll came out today and said, hey, Geno Smith's our starter when yep. we go to Tennessee, and he'll get full reps. Yep, and, and let's go down that quarterback train because we got some news with the Atlanta Falcons this morning as well that Arthur Smith is going to make another change ahead of their Week 16 matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Benching Desmond Ritter for the second time this season. 30-year-old journeyman Taylor Heineke is going to be back there starting this game against the Colts Falcons. Getting two and a half against Indy, total 47 there, but Ritter makes another inexcusable late-game bad interception, and it's costing him another opportunity. And Ritter typically plays well at home. This Atlanta team plays really well at home. They do. I mean, they, they have the ability. They, look, they, they can be so deceiving. They can move the football up and down the field at times and just don't get it in the end zone. They have this unique ability to get yards and then not score. I mean, against Tampa Bay, they move the ball up and down the field. They don't get points. They, they get points, but they give up points at the end of Baker Mayfield. Against the Jets, they don't get any yards. They turn the Jets over three times and they win a stinker. You know, so it's it's a really confusing team. You know, for all the skill players they have, they can't make explosive plays and they kind of don't have an identity. See, this is what happens when you have it's a little bit like a basketball team. When you have too many guys that want to be the scorer, you don't end up with an identity. Nobody knows their role. Like if I said to you, Stormy, what what is the Atlanta offense? You say, well, they got B. John Robinson and they got, you know, and they got, you know, Kyle Pitts. No, what is their identity? They have talent that their coaches don't know how to use. Like that's that's they don't, that's right. their identity. They don't, they don't know the roles for the players. Yeah. Every every great offense, like you, San Francisco's got talented players, but they all know their roles. They all fit within their roles. This team hasn't defined the roles for them, and because they don't have a role, they can't really. Ex everything's grab bag. Grab this. Try this. Let's do this. You know, maybe we'll run this. Maybe we'll run that. They have no identity, and when you have no identity in the National Football League. When you don't have any tendencies, when people don't say, oh, no, you better stop this, you're not a good team. So Heineke now steps back in in three appearances this year, 55.5% completions, 498 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, how do you think that they match up with Indianapolis? Look, I think Indy's really not a very good team defensively, right? Indy you know, struggles to stop the run. Pittsburgh had opportunities. They get up to 13-0. I think this will be a hard game for Indy on the road because when you really break down Atlanta, Atlanta can throw the ball and move the ball. They've got weapons, right? They, they can create some problems, and they move the ball effectively at home. I mean, they, they can throw the ball effectively. I mean, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who the Eagles couldn't beat, Atlanta threw for 434 yards in the first game when they played Tampa. They threw, they they had 401 yards. I mean, they can throw the ball. It's it's interesting that that he's taken Ritter out of the game. Look, Ritter's not perfect, but so Heineke's going to make the similar mistakes, if not more. I mean, it isn't like he's a he's improving now. Maybe the team has stopped believing in him and where they are. But I think this is more about. Uh, who are they? What's their identity? They don't have one. And I really believe that this move is just another grab bag like their offense. They're just going to grab something. Now, their offensive line's been beat up. We know that. that that's been beat up. And so Indy's coming in there, you know, with a lot of momentum and a lot of, a lot of confidence in what Gardner Minshew do. I just always struggle to play Indy on the road, especially after you watch that Cincinnati game. And now before the season – Falcons owner Arthur Blank referred to this as year three of a three-year plan. It obviously hasn't gone well for Blank. 20 and 28, Atlanta in danger of a third straight 7 and 10 season, maybe worse. There are six wins right now. They've got the Colts at Bears and at Saints coming up to close out the season. 
what do you think, what does this mean for Desmond Ritter and Arthur Blank? In your mind, are they both just done after this season or does Blank potentially get another year like some reports have indicated? No, I, I think Arthur Smith's in trouble. I think Arthur Blank is going, I, I think meant, he's, yes. yeah, I know. He's 82 year, two years old. Arthur Blank's, the, the, he's not waiting another year. I, I think this is going to come down to the landscape. Let me put it to you that way. If the landscape gives him an idea that there could be somebody out there that he could make a move on, I think he would. But he cannot think that year three of the Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith program is really building momentum into next season. And when you get an older owner like Blank who wants to win, who's been so close and 28 to three fell short, you know, they're, they're going to act a little bit more on the on the aggressive side, if you will. And they've got, look, he's got more money than he knows what to do with. But what's all that money if he can't enjoy a victory and he can't win? And I think that's where this Falcon team is. Look, they're, they're poorly constructed. They really don't. They don't have an identity, offensively or defensively. They're just a. They're just a bunch of good players that have yet to come together with a team, and they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and if there was a nail in the coffin, you would imagine it's going to be looking back to that loss to the Carolina Panthers, oh, yeah. who are a one-win team. It, it's brutal. And for for Arthur Smith, a guy who just I feel like he comes across as if he just knows better than everybody else, and clearly he doesn't with yeah. the results. That's what the results have indicated at this well, point. Well, some guys are just better being coordinators, you yeah. know? Like, like he's he coaches this team like an offensive coordinator. There's no identity. There's nobody that says, hey, who are we? Like, who are we? You know, and this is what we're going to do. There's no, there's just a grab here. Let's take another running back. We got this back. Let's just give me more weapons so I can play with them. But at the end of the day, I can't score points with them. From a coach potentially on his way out to some of the best in the league this season, we'll look at Coach of the Year and some other award markets when we come back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to bet smarter? VSEN's got the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today. You'll get VSEN Pro access to everything we do from right now through May 1st for just $79. Sign up, you'll get unlimited access to our daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for the college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out, though. It's a limited-time holiday offer. VSIN.com slash subscribe is where you can sign up on our holiday special now. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Um, and getting the picks, I feel like, is what you all want. The picks, the picks, very important. That's included as well. Um, and we'll have some, speaking of bowl games, we'll have some bowl game selections from Aaron Moore coming up in hour two. Uh, Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. Let's talk a little coach of the year here, Michael, because I feel like Dan Campbell has had this stranglehold of being the favorite yeah. in the market forever. But there's got to be some other options out there as we wind down the season. Who are you liking for coach of the year right now? Well, look, I mean, Jacksonville losing Sunday night to uh, – to Baltimore and Trevor Lawrence in doubt whether he's going to be able to play this week against Tampa, you know, and D'Amico Ryan's this ball club gets to host Cleveland, who we know is not a great road team, right? And Cleveland for all that, for the win last week, they're so beat up offensively and defensively. I'm not sure how good of a team they can bring to Houston with them. I think you got to give him strong consideration, right? Steichen, I think you have to give him. They're both they're both in the same zone, three fifth plus 350. Steichen's team, if he wins in Atlanta and he can continue to win as bad as they are on defense, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit. But Stefanski at 14 to 1, to me, is somebody that's not going to win the award, but but should get some strong consideration because he's dealing with a backup. He's dealing with his four-string quarterback who he took off the couch. He's got every offensive lineman has been hurt. He's replaced all his tackles, you know, with, with backups. And then the backups got hurt, lost his best running back. You know, I mean, I don't know what else to say. And the guy's got nine wins. The guy's kept the team together for nine wins. I mean, that's what coach of the year does. Finds ways to win games that perhaps he shouldn't. Meanwhile, you know, we're talking about Robert Sala, who's, you know, can't keep anything together, not even a sewing group. And, and, and he's coming back next year like it's no big deal. Like it's no big deal. Everything's fine. Worst offense in the history. I mean, historically bad offense. Historically bad. Like I said on my podcast, they should just give the charter to Aaron Rodgers. Let him own the team. Because if they're doing everything like this for Rod, where are they going to be in 2025? Don't be a Jet fan in 2025 because it's going to be ugly. 
Well, yeah, and I saw actually earlier this morning Diana Rossini talking on a program about how like Aaron Rodgers wants Robert Sala to be his coach. And obviously we already know the love affair that he has with Nathaniel Hackett as his coordinator. So those guys get a total mulligan, it appears, on this season because actually it turns out Aaron Rodgers is the owner of the team. I, I, I Exactly. I, I, like that's, 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 I mean, he's done everything that he's wanted. He's brought in the pieces that he wants. He's with his coordinator. I mean, it's not like the receivers and Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard have been lighting it up for this. Offense, no, but or or Billy Turner or yeah. any of the guys. I mean, like at some point, you know, you got to play and we got to own, and you got to play and I'm going to coach. Like this never works. Like this never works. This LeBronish mentality. When does it work? When does it work? It does it. I think Rogers is a tremendous player. The fact that we're talking about him coming back now. With, with the injury, with the injury he had is ridiculous. The fact that the Jets, we're not talking about why can't the Jets win without one of their, they're supposed to be such a great defensive team. Why can't they win? Cleveland, on the other hand, Stefanski 14-1, he's finding ways to win. What, what's going on here? They're on their fourth quarterback. They can't win all because we lost one guy. Come on now. Yeah, a couple updates to that situation. By the way, Sala did say on Monday that Zach Wilson, once he's through concussion protocol, will be the starting quarterback once again. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show today. It's Pat McAfee Tuesdays. Uh, one of the quotes that came out that said, if he were 100%, he would be pushing to come back, but he's not there yet. Quote, being medically cleared as 100% healed is not realistic at 14 weeks. No kidding. That's what we've been saying the entire yeah. time. And what we said yesterday, it would be absolutely criminal, criminal to put Aaron Rodgers behind that offensive line, knowing how terrible that group is. It, it would be criminal. It would be. How about putting him behind this offense? Like, this is what cracks me up. It's like, at what point do we say this is the worst offense? In all? I mean, everybody knows how to attack it. Like, it's, it's okay, so we had the second half of the Houston game where they made a couple throws. This is day one install of the West Coast offense. I mean, this is really, it hasn't had the update. This would be like running your software on, you know, the first version of Microsoft. Like, you know, like the first version of Word. Like, there's been no update here at all. It's, it's just basic, off, basic, and everybody knows it. And, I, and Nathaniel, he did it in Denver, and he's doing it here. Like, where's the evidence that it's going to get fixed? Because Rodgers is going to come back in? No. In a word, no, Michael. And like I'm I'm glad that you've been on this train all season long and that other people are finally starting to catch up. That it's just it's been unrealistic. It hasn't worked. And we'll just have to wait and see what's gonna transpire next year. To to go back to coach of the year, though, again, Dean Campbell, your favorite at two to one, Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's both at plus three fifty, Kyle Shanahan plus four fifty, Mike McDaniel plus six fifty, and Stefanski at fourteen to one. Zach Taylor also interesting at four at fifteen to one, given some of their struggles from a health perspective and what they're doing with Jake Browning now. But I was interested when you said Kevin Stefanski, he won't win it. But why do you think he won't win it? Because I, I love everything you were just saying about the struggles they've had to overcome from a health standpoint on their fourth quarterback, Joe Flacco off the couch with multiple 300 yard games, overcoming to win tough late situations. Like I love the argument and they're a team that hasn't made the playoffs in the last handful of years. Well, the reason he won't win is because the, the most of the voters don't understand how hard it is to win nine games in the league. They think it's easy. That's why Marty Schottenheimer's not in the Hall of Fame, because he didn't win a big game. You know, he's got 200 wins. He's one of eight gentlemen in that call themselves head coaches out of 520-some that have won 200 games. But the media that votes thinks it's easy to win games. We have people on our network. They think, oh, it's easy to win nine games. You know, it's easy to win that. Yeah, you should win that game. Like they have no idea how hard it is to win an NFL game, how hard it is. And as betting as the betting network, we know how hard it is to handicap them because the ball <laughs> goes wrong one way, the other way. You know, you got the handicap wrong, but you got the you won the game, but you can handicap right and you lost the game. We see it. But there's no respect for the, a, t a team that rises above and overcomes. It just doesn't get there. And, and I think because everybody just assumes it's easy to win. Well, and the, the Lions story, I feel like they started to turn it around midway through the season, right? Like they have that incredible win streak at the end of the year. So they picked up on a high note and carried that over. And even despite that, like I'm not a huge believer in Detroit. I know they're a 10-win team right now, and you just said how hard it is to win games. Absolutely. But they're kind of one of those paper tiger type teams to me, and they've started to show their true colors. Uh, I mean, obviously last game they had a great bounce back, but I feel like a lot more of what we've seen the three games prior were kind kind of who Detroit is. So I'm not in love with Dan Campbell to win as a runaway either. 
Yeah, we're going to find out Dan Campbell where they are offensively when Ben Johnson, who's going out to the highest bidder once the season's over, and when he if he when he loses him, I mean that that where is this program going to go? And then we'll see. Look, I think Campbell's done a really good job. You can't take that away from him. He's taken yeah. a program that's been poor, but he's had not really to have overcome a lot. He's got he's playing against Green Bay with a, with Jordan Love, Minnesota's lost. I think Stefanski. I think excuse me. I think. Kevin O'Connell, I think he wouldn't win it, but he's done as good a job as you. He's done a much better job than Robert Sala. He hasn't put his tail between his legs and blamed, oh, I lost Kirk Cousins, everything, I'm just going to lose. You know, so I, I think that's what happens. Some of the best coaching jobs are done on these nine-win teams. I mean, Mike Tomlin last year, say whatever you want about Mike Tomlin. That was one of the best coaching jobs to get that team turned around and get it back into contention the way he did is really remarkable. No, I'm with you. From an odd standpoint, though, I think my my personal favorites and guys that, especially if they close the season strong, I'd have the most interest in is D'Amico Ryan's and and Kevin yeah. Stefanski. Uh, and Ryan's obviously, um, we got we got the update from him yesterday. C.J. Stroud remains in the concussion protocol. They're going to see how he progresses throughout the week. An important game coming up this week, as you referenced already, um, against that Browns team. But uh, they're a team that. So many people doubted, thought it was going to be ugly in year one for him, and he's done a remarkable job with that group. He really has. I mean, look, you know, I mean, they went in. I thought he made a great decision to play Case Keenum, you know, over Davis Mills. I thought that was a really good decision. And then their team hung around. I mean, they just hung around and hung around, and Tennessee couldn't put him away. Tennessee had more than an opportunity to put him away. They're up 13-3 to at the half. And they can only muster three points in the second half. Whereas Vrabel's team, he's got no quarterbacking play. He can't get anything going running. I mean, what did he, what did he have nine carries for, for, or 19 carries for six yards in the game or something like that? They couldn't even figure out how to stop the run game. Give them credit. And look, I think the one thing we miss about Houston, their special teams are good. Their, their special teams are good. They create field position for their offense. Derek Henry, I want to say the stat that I saw, Michael, was that he's the first player ever to have 20 touches in a game and have fewer than 15 yards. He had 10 total yards on the day, rushing and receiving on 20 touches. And, I mean, we talked going into the game about how, oh, yeah, they're going to run the football, like da-da-da-da. I thought they would. Couldn't to save their life. It was crazy. I was stunned. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's what cost them to get. Because they could never run the ball, they could never take the pressure off of Will Levis, and he can't handle anything. Where the game's on his shoulders, it's going to be ugly. Uh, we got to step aside here, take a quick break. But when we return, we'll get some picks for the upcoming week, week 16 in the National Football League as things start to wind down in the regular season. Crazy how fast things have gone. Will Hill is going to join us coming up next. And still to come as well, we'll have some college football next hour. We'll get back to a little Monday night football and what transpired last night. Stay with us on the Lombardi Line. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The holidays are here, and DraftKings wants to celebrate with some NBA action. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S. That's all you got to do. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VEGAS. The crown is yours. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. This is the Lombardi Line. As we continue some of our NFL talk with great friend of the show, VEASAN contributor Will Hill, also does great work with the Fox Sports Podcast network on the bear bets podcast with chris the bear felico welcome in will how we doing what is going on i was just complaining to you both off the air as i often do no day games no bowl games i mean come on we need something to bet on that was so fun yesterday i don't know if people saw him. um that was just a wild game old dominion western kentucky old dominion blew a 28 nothing lead so it's, it's fun when we get these day games so hopefully uh, uh i don't think we get any this week but next week it's pretty much action all day all night so it's a fun time of year where were you with the Eagle Seattle game? Did you land on a side or were you not playing the the uh, ping pong game with the line moving in both directions? I didn't play it. I, I just that, to me, that was the hardest. I, I mean, I, I wrote in the Fox column, I wrote the under just because the uncertainty in, in terms of the quarterbacks. That was a hard game to handicap. That was one where, you know, you just if you're not getting the best of the number, you kind of sit it out. And it was interesting. You could have laid three with Philly. And you could have taken five and a half with Seattle and with like a minute to go, that's landing right on four. And, you know, if you, you could have bet both of them and you had a nice middle and it was all set up to uh, to cash both of them. And boy, it's a tough one if you, if you got the best of the number on both sides and you didn't get through. But I just thought it was a really hard game to handicap. You just you basically had to be following the live movement, line movement and, you know, get in at the right time because it's just it's hard to bet a game when you don't know who's playing quarterback. Now, we knew pretty much most of the day yesterday Hurts was playing, but very strange situation with Geno Smith going back and forth and willy or won't he but uh just a bad loss by philly i know this is you, you could say hey it's the schedule and it was just a gauntlet of a five six game stretch here with chiefs Bills, short rest cowboys seahawks but man this is not this team does not look like a super bowl contender to me just slow in the secondary not good on defense hurts doesn't look great uh, i i can't see this team you know getting to the super bowl to me i mean it's it's lined up for san francisco they're gonna get the bye they're gonna get the one uh they have a basically a two-game lead with three to play now because they're a game ahead of Philly, they're a game ahead of Dallas, and they beat both of them head to head. So, you know, if they beat Baltimore, they're going to close this thing and, and basically clinch the one. They're going to be the one. And good luck with that team, you know, beating that team with a week off, rested at home. Uh, to me, it's San Francisco. They're going to be in the Super Bowl here. Hypothetically, Will, then I'm going to give you a would you rather. Would you rather bet the Eagles at their current form to win a playoff game or bet Seattle to make the playoffs right now? <sighs> Seattle can win their last three. I think I would take Seattle. Jeez. Um, so tough, Philly, right? That's a tough one just because Philly might get. Philly will probably. That's a good one. You, you made a good one. Um, let, let's see. Philly's going to be the two. Uh, I'll, I'll take Philly just because the bottom of the NFC is soft enough where you're going to get, like, I don't know, the Rams or the Vikings. And the Rams are, are somewhat dangerous, but. Philly at home should be able to win one. Um, so, so I'll take Philly. It's close, though, because Seattle can win out. Seattle, I think, has Titans. Dealers in one other winnable game. It's uh, Cardinals. Right in front of me. Oh, the Cardinals. So yeah, so that that was pretty much a season-saving win for for Seattle here, where they can at least probably get to uh, to nine and get a playoff spot here. So you watched the Cardinals last week. I mean, they, they you know they they tr- scored first, try to hold their own. Couldn't don't have enough players to play against a good team like San Francisco. It's fairly obvious. The mayor Kyle Kyler Murray continues to play very to me very average. But you like them going into the cold in Chicago to play against the Bears team, which played really good defensively. Not so much. If you look at the second half of Justin Fields in that game, it was bad. Yeah, it's funny. You watch that replay of the Hail Mary, and it's just every time you watch it, you think he's going to catch it. It's hard to believe he freeze frame it and just, just stop the video. It's hard to believe that Paul wasn't caught. 
any hope of a playoff for making the Bears, which they weren't going to make it, but they maybe thought they had a chance. That's out the window. So I like betting against those teams the next week when there's, they know their season's over. Um, I was actually somewhat impressed. I know they got destroyed by, by San Francisco. And you look at the scoreboard, they didn't win, they didn't cover, but they really moved the ball. You always talk about this, Lombardi, being in the lead versus being in control. I didn't think San Francisco was ever in control with their defense. Arizona yeah. had over six yards per play. They had 435 yards of offense. They had 22 first downs. If it wasn't for the pick six, I mean, San Francisco was going to win the game anyway. But as Arizona moved the ball, you know, really throughout the game, they ran the ball. So uh, I'm getting four and a half here. I could easily see this being a field goal game. I'll take the four and a half with the cards. They've been feisty all year. I, I didn't think much of this team going in. I didn't think much again. And they've, they've been in a lot of these games, regardless of who's that quarterback. So uh, four and a half is a decent number. I'll take the points here. That was not the 49ers' best tackling performance, that's for no. sure. Uh, also, producer Steph and I were kind of joking earlier. It feels like every time that we have you on and we're going through your plays, the Patriots are involved in some way, shape, or form. You're you're liking the points in mile high this week against Denver. You know, they're not as bad as their record. Six and a half is a lot. Now, I never bet six and a half early in the week, plus six and a half, because if it goes to seven, that's a much better bet. And if it goes to six, the difference between six and six and a half isn't as big a difference as six and a half and seven. So if you like the Patriots' weight, but I like the Patriots. I just think this Bronco resurgence has been so much based off turnovers, which, look, there's some of it's by design. They're playing conservative. They're not letting Wilson turn the ball over. But some of it's luck. Some of it's the ball bouncing your way. And if they're not going to be plus two, plus three in turnovers in every game, like, you know, he, he can't be. Um, I, I think this could be uh, a much closer game. Patriots, obviously, we know they play good defense. Denver is probably going to be conservative on, on offense. Maybe I should just play an under, but I could definitely see a 20 to 16, a 17, 13 type of game. Six and a half, and if it gets to seven, which I'm not sure it will, uh, that's a lot of points in a game like this. So I will take the points here with New England. Yeah, I think the money has come in. I, I can't see this getting to seven. I really can't. Uh, but I think you're right at six and a half. I think that's going to be the best. If you like the Patriots, that's going to be the best of the number. We've seen Patriots money come in on Sunday. How about the Bengals? I mean, I know they, they may not have Jamar Chase for this game. It sounds like they won't. They lose DJ Reader. You know, and obviously there's the Tomlin effect playing at home, which now you got Mason Rudolph. How can he be any worse than MVP Mitch? I doubt it. But, you know, you're not in love with the Steelers. You're going to take the Bengals, even though Chase isn't going to play. I've been blown away by how good Browning is. I, I was shocked. I remember like watching him in college, watching him. Remember they made the playoffs against Bama. What was it? Six or seven years ago. Um, he was not, not this good. He, he's played well. That was an impressive comeback against Minnesota. A couple of comebacks. Uh, he moved the ball out, and I'm not at the point where you question, you know, how much of this is Burrow and how much is the weapons around him. But Burrow clearly has support uh, in terms of, you know, the Higgins chase. There, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of skill. Uh, Browning's played well, so I like a lot about this Cincy team. They can still make the playoffs. I don't like anything about this Pittsburgh team. Their offense, their defense. Uh, I thought the the move to to Rudolph is probably a week too late. I, I know he can't be. He's probably not going to be much better, but he can't be much worse. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh's really good on either side of the ball. I don't think playing at home is an advantage, too, because if this is 7 nothing Cincy early, Pittsburgh's going to start to get booed. I'm friends with some Steeler fans. They are they are over Tomlin. And you can, look, we're on different sides of this, but uh, I could see the frustration when you haven't won a playoff game basically since Obama was in office. I could see why people are frustrated with Pittsburgh. So uh, I, I could see the fans turning on the home team here. I think Cincy wins this game. I think they're the better team right now. Yeah, Steelers dropped three in a row, four of their last five. Bengals, meanwhile, three-game hot streak, including two overtime wins, both of those covering the number by a field goal. So good for them, but I need that Steelers win total over, so I'm going to be rooting against your bet this What's week. I number? apologize. Eight and a half. That was that was looking good until it wasn't. I know. I'm sweating. I'm sweating the Steelers and the Vikings. I know both. the Vikings. I was, th I was thinking of you the other day with the Vikings. That was a, that was a tough one. Unbelievable. Tough business. Yeah, tough business. If Cousins wasn't hurt... Like if, and I've never been a huge Cousins fan, so I, I guess I'm wrong about this. If they had Cousins, that's a pretty good Vikings team because their skill guys, their defense floor has done an incredible job. Like if if they had Cousins, they're not going to be on San Francisco's level, but uh, they they could you know be in a division round NFC title game. It, it's really a shame that that Cousins got hurt. But look, a lot of teams can say there's a lot of quarterback. If they had Flores last year, they would have been they oh, would have won playoff games. Good point. Yep, absolutely. I mean, Flores and Jim Schwartz have been the two best hires and the two best moves of the offseason for their teams. Imagine where Green Bay would be if they would have hired either one of those guys. And the cruelty, not only if they had Flores last year, they could have made a run, but now they're, I don't know, are they going to keep Flores? I would think Flores would get a head coaching job. I know the whole thing with the lawsuit against Miami, maybe owners don't want to go down that road, but you'd think based on merit, he'd get a head coaching job, right? 
based on what he's done on the field, there's no question. Uh, yes. Real quickly, this last minute here, Will, uh, you, you mentioned the ODU game yesterday. Hopefully not a similar result today in the Scooters Frisco Bowl. You have action. Six and six Marshall, pretty battered, it seems like, by the transfer portal against UTSA, eight and four. What are you looking at? I'm going to lay the points with UTSA here. Um, UTSA has never won a bowl game, so I think they're going to be motivated. I think they're 0-4 all-time in bowls, so motivation is so important in bowl games. And like you said, Marshall's just been depleted by the transfer portal. If you want to feel old, I'll just let you know, Marshall tonight is starting Chad Pennington's son at quarterback. Uh, He's not as good as dad. Zero career (laughs) touchdown passes, six career interceptions, only three starts. Uh, I think UTSA rolls in this game. Not quite the same, but in the ODU game, Western Kentucky yesterday, they started the freshman Turner Helton, who's Clay Helton's son. And didn't go well. Yeah, didn't, didn't go great. So just putting that out there. Uh, thanks, Will. You're awesome, as always. Appreciate your time. All right. See you. Thanks for having me. And again, make sure you guys check out the Bear Bets podcast. He's part of that gambling group chat, always dropping knowledge and the one-liners, which you never want to miss. Um, unfortunately, though, I thought he was our schedule maker extraordinaire. He should have made sure yes. we had a day game today. What What are you doing, Will? Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> we gotta... He's working on the Lakers. You know, he's, gotta, he's out there with that championship banner for the, for the play-in. <laughs> he's too busy hanging banners next to the real ones, mind you. Like, find another area for that, perhaps. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.